Hey friend, my name is Mike McCurry. I am here today with Pastor Jim Crone. I greatly appreciate his time and the fact that you are investing your time and listening to this podcast today. My prayer is that it's a blessing to you and as necessary, it's exhorting and convicting. Pastor Crone, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. If you would, give us a brief introduction. And I just realized, I don't mean to cut you off before I even introduce you, but I've got to tell you, you have a special privilege, if you want to consider it that. You are technically, by my recollection, the very first two-time guest on the Mike McCurry podcast. I think, first of all, how does that make you feel, sir? Uh, a little empty inside. <laughs> I, I always knew, I, I, I always feel like I can get a, a quip out of you of, of some kind. So I appreciate that. And I feel like there's a reason why your spirit bears witness with mine. I think sarcasm, my mom says, was one of my first languages. English came second. And so I feel like there's a kin kinship and kindred spirit there. But if you would, give us a brief introduction to the ministry that you have the privilege of helming, not only at Southeast Battle Baptist Church, but also Common Ground Baptist Camp. Sure. Well, I, I've been at this church since 1990, shortly after I got saved. And I've just grown from being a volunteer in the church to being the youth director in the church to being an assistant pastor and now the senior pastor of the church. So I get the privilege of being not only the senior pastor, but also being part of some of the ministries that I started way back when I was even before I was a youth pastor, which includes the camp, um, the Bible Institute and other things like that. Camp's great. I love it. Um, I, people have asked me or asked me often, I should say, once I became a senior pastor, if I was going to stop going to camp or stop doing camp. And the answer was a resounding no. <laughs> I mean, I need camp. I love camp. It's a blessing to me. It's in some ways the highlight of my, of my summer. And, and so I get to go to camp because I'm the senior pastor. It's not that I have I was not looking for a way to get out of going to camp, that's for sure. Hey Amen. There's, there's so many jumping off points, and we'll get into your early Christian life in just a moment. But talk to us about that disconnect where this thing of camp is something to be foisted off onto the lowest man on the totem pole and, and why that's not your perception of camp and why, why you need camp and why it has become a highlight and why it's so important to your summer plans. Well, I think that's at least in part due to our philosophy in the sense that if I was, if I, if we were a camp that was more entertainment focused on entertaining the kids or whatever, I would look at camp as a giant hassle and a giant pain as well. Whereas instead we look at camp as a chance to get away from the world, not ever have to hit that world reset button, kind of get away from electronics for a little while uh, and just hear good Bible preaching and then go from the good Bible preaching to having games with uh, the kids and having fun there and then doing memory verses and then having a meal together and then going back to the preaching and then doing more games. I, I feel like it's an atmosphere that I would want to live in all the time if I could. <laughs> and so I look forward to going to camp simply because I get to hang out with some of my best friends, pastors from other churches, um, the kids in the ministry that we love and care about. All my best workers are at camp. And uh, and meanwhile, we get to, you know, the Lord always speaks to me at camp. And uh, so that's why I look forward to it. Amen. Phenomenal. Now, 
kind of backing up now for those that are listening right now sincerely the focus that I really want to kind of jump into is camp on this podcast especially with the guests that I have on today but I do want to back up for just a moment I know you and I've discussed this but for the benefit of our listeners going back to your, your salvation in 1990 and then starting as a volunteer and youth pastor and continuing on there I know you put a premium on and the philosophy of not only your ministry, but also and with your teens on growing in grace, on that discipleship side of things, on on not just being who you were last year and growing. What was it for you that allowed you to see the need for growth? Maybe there was an outside influence, a, a pastor, a youth worker, something like that, that came alongside you and helped you with that. And then how do you translate that to your teenagers? And praise God, from my outside looking in and the time I've got to spend with you folks, the teen group for years has been very strong. So how did that work for you? And then how did you translate that to other people? Well, I could say it's September 18th, 1988 at a church where I was going to engineering college near where I was going there. Good story there. Actually, I end up, I end up going only because my future wife was saved. She wouldn't have been able to express it when my wife was um, very young, like first grade. She had an aunt who was a Baptist missionary who came back on furlough and managed to do a presentation to show her slides at a public school and essentially gave the gospel to the entire K through sixth grade. And, you know, my wife was there. And so she asked uh, her aunt questions and her aunt uh, led her to the Lord. And so the thing is, the aunt goes back to South Africa to continue to be a missionary. And so my six-year-old future wife um, had no one to disciple her. So she ends up getting invited out to a Baptist church. And it's just a simple little invite. It was it was, hey, my, you know, my family, my family goes to this church. Would you like to come with me and my family? Will you, well, I'm busy on Sunday because I'm seeing my fiance. Well, and then, so they said, well, how about on Wednesday night? I'm like, okay. So she goes out on a Wednesday night and the Holy Spirit immediately confirmed in her heart that that's where she needed to be. And so then she um, basically ropes me into going with her. And I was open to the idea, but as my mother told her, uh, he'll go to church with you now, but once you get married, he'll never go to church with you again. And that, honestly, my mom was right. And that was kind of my attitude. But I went along, I, I kept on going. And during one of the most intense invitations of all time, I eventually, I go forward and I end up getting saved. And then that changes my entire outlook. I go from not wanting to go to church to not being able to get enough of church. And so in 1990, I hit the ground running. I actually... We show up there. We show up at Southeast in January, and Fe February 14th, Valentine's Day. I join the church, and I go to the pastor and I say, and I say, I well, I, I'm going to go soul winning tomorrow on Thursday, and then um, I made a lot of mistakes as a teenager. I really love to be a help and a blessing to to Christian teenagers, and so he asked me to go to the youth group on that Friday night, and so I went along as a helper that Friday night, just full of excitement about how full, how wonderful it would be to see these Christian teenagers that just love the Lord. And um, of course, none of them did. <laughs> I end up as a, as a first time helper at youth group and just ripping on some kids because they were being so disrespectful. I couldn't stand it. And uh, anyways, that starts the chain in motion that 
where I eventually have become the youth director. And my passion is that the teenagers would know and love the Lord like I do. Um, and that's kind of what started all that we, all that we do. Amen. Now, it's kind of skipping over wide swaths of your history, jumping into the beginning of Common Ground Baptist Camp. Where, where is that born? How, how did the, the seed begin to germinate in that idea and the application of that? So somewhere in 1994, now I'm, I'm still going through this stage where people are like, well, you've only been saved this long and you're doing pretty good for only being saved long. That's kind of the stage I'm in. Uh, and, and I'm excited and I was going to a summer camp and I loved it. And I, I wanted to do something for my kids that was extra. So I started a winter camp with a few other churches. And I think we had maybe less than 40 there the first year. Um, my youth group was small to start with. I took over a youth group of 15 and through my skill and, and spirit filledness, I grew it to two. And then <laughs> it took a while to come out at two. Right. If you could follow where I'm going. So we had even with other churches, there are less than less than 40 people. Hmm. And uh, it was that's how winter camp starts. And I start learning and growing and really developing my fa my camp philosophy. You know, failures at winter camp at times caused me to go back into the scriptures and think about what I'm doing. And I grow my camp philosophy and then winter camp kind of takes off and it's always packed and always sold out. And then everyone starts bugging me to do a summer camp. And I was like, you know, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I'm happy with doing winter camp. I was still working at Xerox at the time, too. So I only had so much vacation time to go around. But eventually, uh, 2000, I start the, the summer camp and um, kind of taken off from there. Praise Lord. Now, how many years? What you, you said, what, what year is that the summer camp started? 2000. 2000. Was I was, and I was still, I didn't leave Xerox until 2002. Oh, wow. Wow. So there was uh, some packed summers there. Uh, I am sure. How did it, how did it start? How many young people were there the first year or two? Well, I had a bit of a, an advantage because I had the winter camp. So I, I basically, it was a bunch of churches in New York and, who were like, start a camp up here. So we don't have to drive, you know, 14 hours to go to a camp. And, uh, and so a bunch of them hopped in from the very first year. So the first year we had a hundred and that was all we were kind of aiming for, for that summer camp. And then the second year we filled the camp that we were renting with at the time, which was only 165. And that's when I made the fateful decision to start a junior camp also. <laughs> and then, so the following year we had two weeks of teens and one week of juniors and it kind of grew from there. Okay. And what, what's the, out of curiosity, what's the biggest year on record thus far? Um, I don't remember the exact number. I think I have written down somewhere, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of, I want to say 1375, wow. something like that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, looking very much forward to this upcoming year. And um, for better or worse, I don't know, maybe we'll bleep this out afterwards in case it would keep people away <laughs> from camp, but I'm planning on being there for all the weeks of camp. And for those that are listening, if you're anywhere near the Butler, Pennsylvania area and kind of the uh, western side of Pennsylvania and you're looking for a good junior or a teen camp, I'll give you those dates. 
just in case you're interested in that. Now, while I'm pulling that up, Pastor, where can people go for more information on the web? Myground.org, M-Y-G-R-O-U-N-D, myground.org. My ground is kind of a, our short for common ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just hit the camp tab and the, the, the homepage brings you up to the page of our church. You just hit on camp and they'll have all the information there. Absolutely. And for those listening, of course, it is a ministry of Southeast Battle Baptist Church. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But the first junior week, you start off with the juniors. And is that a is that a calculated decision starting off? Is it easier with juniors or is that just how it works out? Well, uh, it's it's essentially based upon when 4th of July falls. Okay. The 4th of July week, we always make it the teen week because if we're going to have fireworks, it'll be that week because, you know, people are less, less likely to send their juniors to a 4th of July week. And then our last week of the summer has traditionally been a teen week and the ju two junior weeks are the other two. Understood. However that works. So sometimes it works out. We start with a junior week, sometimes with a teen week. Gotcha. Those dates for those interested, June 27th is when Junior Camp 1 starts. Junior Camp Week 1 starts, of course, June 27th through July 1st. And then that 4th of July week the pastor was just mentioning is July 4th through the 8th. That's the first teen week. And then another junior week, uh, let's see, that's July 11th through the 15th. And then one last teen week finishing out with, uh, I think Pastor Scott Hanks will be speaking at that week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, I, it, unless, unless that's wrong, or go ahead. That was the plan. Okay. Um, but I just got called from him today, and he can't make it. Okay. Well, hey. So you, you I heard have it to here first. Plug in that last week. <laughs> say, if you can't, if you would like, we could back up on this. If that's if that's bad news, I will we'll say. Well, no, it's not bad news in the sense. I mean, God does sure. what He does, and we'll have another speaker in there, obviously. But I was just kind of. That was the first year I was having Brother Hanks, and mm -hmm. I was looking forward to meeting him. Absolutely. Well, for those of you, the next time that Brother Hanks, if the Lord works out, you're going to want to be there. Regardless, though, <laughs> regardless, in all seriousness. You don't want to be there this year. <laughs> next, when he shows up, he'll, he'll make I, it all I, I guess you could read into what I said that way. But what I was going to say was the other of side I'm of that. Read into what you the said. other side of that was Pastor Joe Grimaldi is also preaching that week, unless he's canceled too. No, he has not canceled okay. me yet. All right. In in that case, you definitely want to be there if Pastor Grimaldi's preaching. You got to be there. And for those of you, you want to be there because Micah McCurry, <sighs> the camp evangelist, is going to be there every single week. You're, you're breaking up. I can't quite make out what you're saying there. Where I guess we're going to shut this one down. No. And also, I, I am looking forward to being there. It's such a great great time. I, I've had the chance, Pastor, to be. A lot of camps, a lot of conferences, a lot of youth conferences, things of that nature. In all seriousness, the intentionality, I know it's a buzzword these days, but the thought that goes into camp is one of the things I most appreciate. And for those of you that also go to camp, it may be, I hope you realize the amount of investment of time, effort, energy. And then as Pastor mentioned, the years of camp philosophy kind of being just kind of worked on and chiseled. And maybe if we could dive into that just a little bit, because I feel like a lot of folks, they just come and experience it, which I'm glad for, that that's awesome. But give us a little peek behind the curtain into the thought that goes into some of these things, I mean, differences between teens and junior weeks and, and why we, uh, the counselor meetings and things of that nature that people just kind of take because they're on the schedule, so this is what we're doing next. Why do we do some of those things at Common Ground? Well, okay. 
you just cut me off when you want to. I could probably talk for the rest of the night about different decisions we've made. But I guess it starts with our camp philosophy. If you were to map it out on any kind of normal chart, we would fall somewhere in between the program-centered and the platform-centered versions of camp, meaning that we have a platform-centered focus where we're looking for the big preaching services, which I think is biblical and great. Uh, but then when they're not in those preaching services, we have a program, a program-centered camp, like a basketball camp, football camp. Well, we have a program in place that they're part of. Everything they do earns points, and whether it's memory verses or games or whatever the case may be. And so they're, they're, they're kept busy. We don't give them a lot of free time. And that's done intentionally because you just get lots of problems if you have free time. And that, that's, that idea and that philosophy behind this being a platform slash program-centered camp is that we've rejected the counselor-centered philosophy and that's controversial. Most camps are counselor-centered. Um, I, 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 I don't wanna, I don't wanna come across as, as too strong against it because they serve a need and a lot of good are happen at those, in those places. But we've intentionally, you talk about intentionality, mm-hmm. we intentionally went away from that because of the I think the lack of long-term benefits that come around from that in the sense that say you get a home run and you have the best counselors there ever well even if your kids bond with those counselors they're probably never going to see them again they may write once or twice after the um uh after the summer's over but it's not going to last and we probably have all had an experience where we've heard a college singing group give a testimony and talk about how they got right while they were a counselor at camp and I always think, oh, great, you got right in week seven. Those those kids in weeks one through six really got a raw deal there. <laughs> but that was you as their counselor. Whereas if we hit a home run with the counselors coming along from churches, where it's their, their parents and it's their workers that do junior church or do youth group, um, and they and we hit a home run there, those people will influence them all year long. And so that ties into the idea of, of counselor meetings as well, where we're not just trying to reach the kids. I, I always say my, my secret hidden intent agenda at camp is to reach the counselors because I want to start something at a camp that's going to help and propel the youth group or the junior group forward. But if I can reach the counselors, then the counselors will carry that all throughout the year. And so we have counselor meeting where we talk about doctrinal things and we, we talk about what's got to be talked about for the day, but we talk about a lot of other things as well. Philosophy, major points of philosophy as far as, as far as uh, running teen group and youth group. And, and the reason is because we're trying to help and grow the counselors as much as the kids. With junior camp too, that ties into that philosophy where I tell all my junior camp speakers, you've got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for the kids use object lessons or illustrations or act things out or costume as much as possible to reach, to make sure you're holding the attention of the kids, but you better be having meat in there. It can't be all fluff. And if you can't reach, if you can't have the counselors walk away from a junior camp message being blessed, then you didn't do a good job with your junior camp message. Hmm. Absolutely. That all kind of, that all kind of ties into that philosophy of not being counselor centered. We're really, I guess you could say, a local church-centered camp. We really emphasize the church. We like to have the, the church bunk together and we like to have the church be on the same team a lot of times and 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 kind of grow together. Because again, 
if good things happen at camp and the Lord speaks to hearts, these are the people they're going to be with the rest of the year. Absolutely. To be honest with you too, if I'm, if I'm completely honest, camp really shaped me because uh, I went to, went to camp early in my Christian life. So this is early nineties. I went, I started going to some, some camps and, and it impacted me. It was good for me as a young, as a young, uh, newly saved young adult, I guess you could say, or relatively early saved young adult to get away from the world and hear message after message after message. Um, it blessed me. And, and we're trying to, again, I was bringing kids to the camp, but the one who got secretly, secretly blessed was me. Sure. Uh, hopefully the kids got something too, but I got right. a lot out too. Well, and on that note, I mean, this is not the reason to pick a camp, but of all the camps I've been to as a counselor, Common Ground Baptist Camp is probably just about the most fun I've had in at a camp as a counselor. And, and you're bringing, and part of it's because the camaraderie and the fact that everyone's on the, you feel like everyone's on the same page from the word go. And that's started by a great and a, and a well done and a no frills, I wouldn't say no frills, but a, a no time wasted, no fat on the bones of a, of a counselor's meeting from the very get go and just kind of letting everyone know here's where we stand, here's why we do what we do, and just kind of establishing some of those things so that helps. But the opportunity, I never looked towards going to camp in any way as a drudgery. One, because it's it's a ministry thing, it's good anyway, but at Common Ground, it's kind of like I get to go have about as much fun as I'm going to have as an adult all week, all year long. So that's a win. Well, I like to say that, I mean, I I don't go anywhere for four weeks without having fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just enjoy life. Right. So I'm going to bring the fun with me. We're going to have fun there. <laughs> now that's not why we do camp because I can have fun at home. Right. I don't need to do all this work to have fun at, at camp, but if I'm going to have camp for four weeks, I'm going to have fun too. And uh, so, yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I think there's, we're blessed. We're blessed to have you. Well, praise Best the Lord. song leader I have ever heard, Mike McCurry. Well, we've got to get you Amazing. traveled just a little bit further so you meet some other folks. But uh, in this in this circle, I appreciate that. And I'll say this, I very much enjoy lean singing. Part of it is there's one, there's one side of um, song leading where you have to, at the beginning, set culture. Like you have to set the norm of what is what you're expecting from the congregation to some degree. And, and, and it gets sure. into the whole philosophy, and that's not the conversation today. But one of the fun things, I described it this way. I was, uh, let's see, I was probably 14 years old. I had been leading singing, maybe 16. I was, so I had been leading singing for two to four years. I, I started when I was like 12 years old. I was called up in an adult Sunday school class. You're the guy now. And so th- there we go. And so I've been doing it for a while. And I got to lead singing for the first time with a piano player who, get this, followed the song leader. That by itself was amazing. But then she was a <laughs> phenomenal piano player as well. And so we went out for, to, for lunch. It was a missionary's wife or something. And so my parents and, and they, we, we took them out for lunch afterwards. And I said, I said ma'am, please understand how I'm saying this. Um, I tried to be as appropriate as possible. I said, normally, and I was not denigrating I guess it could be taken that way. The normal piano player for the time. But I said, um, today was like driving a Ferrari when I'm normally just driving like a Volkswagen Beetle. You know, the song service. Where, where I'm going with that is at Common Ground, there's something special about seeing 200, 250 juniors singing with all their might 
blessed assurance or it is well. And we have a great time with walk, walk, walk the Bible away. Right. And, you know, Jesus, 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 I've got him on my mind. But to hear them sing some of these hymns, just full voice, and we just have a great time with it is, is amazing. I'm, I'm excited about to, to see over the course of the whole time, those four weeks, to see all these different groups. And we're excited about it. If you enjoy good singing, Lord willing, you have a great time at Common Ground Baptist Camp as well. So consider coming to that camp. Get, jumping into what we've talked about philosophy, we've talked about your background with camp. For you, and speaking, and you've already put it on the bottom shelf saying that this is about parents, this is about youth pastors, this is about pastors secretly being helped while the camp is going on. But let's back up and could you talk to parents for just a moment that maybe their kids, it's their first possible year they could go to junior camp, or maybe they're, they're new to church and they're newly saved, new converts, and they're not sure about this camp thing and sending them off for a week and all of those. Talk to us specifically about the accountability and about the safety side of things that are legitimate sure. concerns, but then talk to us about why a parent should consider sending Junior to Junior Camp. This has this is not an answer to your question, what I'm about to say, but I'll just throw it out there. Right. I remember as a kid, be six or seven years old, in the morning, I'd have my Cocoa Puffs or whatever in the summer, and then I'd say, bye, Mom, and I would go a half I a half a half mile to the playground, spend all day on the playground with complete strangers and then and then come back. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever whenever I got hungry or whenever I was told to come back. I mean, I would have never let any three of my kids do that growing up. Right. And I guess what I I guess where that could relate is to say that we live in a different time. And and it's good to keep in mind of that. So we are, again, this is part of why we're not a counselor-centered camp. I had a very difficult conversation with a pastor once where he was, I was trying to get him to come to our camp to just to be honest with you. I, he'd be really fit. I thought he would really, it would be really a blessing to his group. And I, one of the things I was sharing with him was that, and again, good things happen at counselor-centered camps. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he was going to a counselor centered camp and I was talking about the weaknesses of the philosophy there and how that could lead to trouble. Is it, you're going to think I'm making the story up. This really, really happened. Um, but he was like, no, my, you know, my youth leader really wants to go to this camp. We're going to go to this camp. Um, and like, I just feel like it's not as good or, and I think it's not as safe. And, um, years later he came back to me and said, I was right because his his child was abused at camp oh. by one of the counselors. Wow. And that's that type of thing. And, you know, that's one story. I could probably tell you a couple more in that vein. I won't. Um, but I, I'm like paranoid about that. That's, and again, that's one of the reasons why we're not counselor centered. I'm not saying that nothing bad could ever happen at our camp, but they're with their parents. They're with, or if they're not with their parents, they're with the kids or the, the leaders that, that they place them with all year. You, people that you know better than me, right? So you're, gonna, you're going to send your kid to camp with these people. You can't really complain about them being camp counselors. Or if you don't like them being camp counselors, you're not going to send your kid. You know who's going to have primary care of your child before they go. You know that person personally. And I, and with that, of course, we have great separation between the guys and the girls, but then also we double up counselors um, so that 
essentially we never want to have a counselor alone with a child. We have restrictions we go over um, with all of the people that come to camp, all the counselors that come to camp about rules and how to handle themselves. That's part of what we do in our counselor, first counselor meeting. So that, again, it's not even just for safety there, but, you know, so that we don't have accusation made against anybody. You know, some rough kids come to camp too. And I'm just, it's not, a, you know, it doesn't take much in the, the, the imagination to see where that could end up. And so we're just super paranoid about that. And then we all have them give them, we have them all give us their social security number. We run everybody who's at camp through the sex offender database or databases, a couple different things that we, we plug them into. And, you know, none of that guarantees 100% safety, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm paranoid, just like the average parent's paranoid, I think. Absolutely. And, and I, I think at, with a now almost five-year-old, uh, my eldest daughter, Emmy, almost five, looking towards sending her to camp. Now, I'm very thankful that this parenthetically for just a moment, I'm so glad about the fact that Lord willing, Lord Terry's that we'll be a part of common ground Baptist camp for us as long as you'll have us, but that my kids will have the opportunity to kind of grow up and, and their summers Amen. will be remembered times at common ground Baptist camp and, and that kind of spirit. I, I'm so excited about them having just in advance about having those memories, but looking at the other times and you know, common ground only being four weeks, there might be other camps that they end up going to and, the right. I'll say for me personally, the bar of accountability and intentionality in that area, I think in a lot, lot of ways is set by common ground. And those will be how I'll be judging other camps that are even a possibility for my daughter. You know, for me, number one, being a boy and, and being a, uh, a young man, I was always big for my age and all those types of things. My And even 12, uh, would be 12 years ago than the last time I went to camp, but 12 to 18 years ago when I was going to camp, it, it was still a different time than it is now. And I remember yeah, the, first, really. the first time I went to I went to a camp and my parents uh, put me on an airplane by myself and sent me off to camp. And these days people lose their minds about that even that possibility. Um, and so, but today I, I think it's le perfectly legitimate questions to ask. And I'm thankful that that was that's part of like almost a, a founding uh, philosophy of camp is we're going to be extra careful. They're, 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 we're abstaining from all appearance of evil. And so I know I appreciate that as a parent, and I'm sure many other parents do as well. So talk to your parents about wh why should they send their kid to camp? Why, why should they, on the spiritual side of it, and yeah, okay, my son might, might come back different. And so what does that mean? Why should they send their young man and young women to camp? It's an opportunity for your child to grow in a way that it's very difficult to grow within our current culture. We're not living in uh, the 1700s where the, your kid was with you all day long, worked the fields with you or worked your store with you or whatever, was part of the family business. We are, we're living in a culture where you get maybe less time in your kids with your kids than you ever could. And there's more worldly distractions. I am separated with a capital S, but I have to admit I'm doing, I'm doing a zoom here with you. Right. <laughs> and I obviously I have electronic media. There's so many distractions there's, there's so much of the, of the tyranny of the urgent that is always crowding into our, our, our thinking. There's so much of the world being poured all over us all the time, even for the separated. Now, if you're less separated, it's even worse. 
but even for the separated, you're going to get that. And while I can navigate that probably better than a, than a, a teenager, um, the, the teenager doesn't have that advantage uh, of my age and wisdom and experience and growth. And it's even harder for them. And so I see the difference in me when I get away and break kind of all electronic communication, as it were, and really am able to focus on just the Lord for that time period. I see the difference it has in me fellowshipping. You know, there's like no, I said earlier, there's no reset button. Hmm. Uh, You know, Sunday morning service is good and they come back for Sunday night and Sunday night service is good, but then they go to work. And by the time someone, I don't know if it's like this in everyone's church out there that's watching, but Wednesday night is generally a low energy crowd. And I feel like I'm, I feel like a giant reset button has been hit from where they were on Sunday night. Hmm. And, I, you know, you got to kind of bring them back from the dead again. And, and that's great. But think about being able to stack those services on each other without ever hitting that reset button. Uh, it's just, it's just a blessing. And it's an opportunity for these young kids whose concrete has not been set yet to get formed up, to tr- be trained, trained up in the way you should go. Absolutely. Think of it, think of it this way too. Like when you have someone who is a teenager, say 15 years old, within the next 10 years, they're going to make all the most important decisions or almost all the important decisions in their life. Who are they going to marry? What are they going to do? Are they called ministry? What's their job? Are they going to go to college? Where are they going to go to college? All the you, the largest decisions that they're going to make are going to be happening in the next 10 years. And they're going to be the least qualified to make those decisions than they will be the rest of their lives. Every one of those teenagers at 15 would be better off being 40 years old making those decisions hmm. with the wisdom and experience and growth and time with the Lord. And they don't get that option though. They've got to make them all at 15. And that's one reason why counsel is important, but it's also a reason why things like camp are important hmm. so that we can reach them when they need it the most. Sure. Could you and this gets to, to a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, having been a youth pastor five, five and a half years. Could you talk, give some counsel to parents in how to pray for their kids while they're at camp away from them and how to welcome those kids home? And it, I'm guessing you'll jump all, all over where, where I'm hoping and leading for, for this. But when those kids get back, should they throw spiritual cold water all over them? Or how should they welcome those kids home? Oh, yes. Call on the question everything about their faith. You don't want them to be more spiritual than you. No, I, I, first off, to, the, to that parent, I would say, consider coming to camp. There's just nothing better when a kid gets right with the Lord at the altar than when it's their parent that's there as well. Hmm. It's just amazing. That's just awesome. So I love that idea. Consider coming to camp. But uh, while they're at camp, you pray for them just especially that the Lord would speak to their heart. And I don't know, behind it is a bit of a mindset in my mind that says that I don't know everything and I realize my limitations and I could be wrong about something. And so I am less, and I guess maybe because I'm more secure here, I guess, or I have decent, not insecure, I should say. Uh, I'm less um, bothered by challenges or by people bringing ideas towards me to pray about or to think about or whatever, or, um, God moving me in a direction where I didn't expect him to move me. I'm open to that. 
if God calls me to the mission field, it doesn't mean I was out of the will of God the last five years, mm-hmm. right? It, it could be just, you know, time is an important element of God's will. And so pray for the kids there that they would just get close to the Lord and that the Lord would speak to their hearts and that their kids would listen. Now, obviously, if you have specific things going on in your family, you want to be praying about those things as well. But sure. And then when they come home, you know, I always say this, I want my kids to stand on my shoulders. Mm. Like my kids all got, I got saved at 21. My kids all got saved young compared to that. They all grew up in a Christian home. I mean, unless I was a terrible parent, they should have had a head start at 21 than what <laughs> I had when I got saved. Sure. And so I, I'm not intimidated if my son leads more people to the Lord than me. Sure. I don't consider that a condemnation of me personally. And I think too often as parents, um, we can tend to be, you know, we can feel bad if our children outshine us or something like that. And I think our goal should be for our children to outshine us. Right, right. Hmm. Not that we we should take it off and stop doing work or anything like that. But but yeah, if, if the Lord is speaking to your children in a special way, man, encourage that. Praise the Lord. Well, that, that little mindset thought, even for me as a parent, to think, I don't want my kids to be as good of a Christian as I am. I want them to be a better Christian than me. Um, exactly. And, and to help and then, them. And yeah, the, the, stand, the standing on the shoulder thing, if your kids are standing on their shoulders, they will always be taller than you are. doesn't matter you know, what their actual height is. They'll always be higher than you. Um, I, I love that thought. What are some, speaking specifically to Common Ground Baptist Camp and the camp camp weeks upcoming very soon lord willing we'll have this podcast out and within two or three days of it being recorded but from right now sitting here in early to mid-june what are some specific prayer requests practically that may be different about this year year of camp or some things that you always i know we had a a day of prayer and fasting and hope many of you that are already long time faithful supporters of common ground you folks were able to take advantage of that and, and pray for god to move but what are some things that you would ask folks to pray about um, as we approach Common Ground Baptist Camp 2022? That God would move. I mean, it's all a waste of time if God doesn't show up. And that the Lord would have his way. That's why we, That's why it's our theme song. Let the Lord have his way. Yeah. And we want the Lord to have his way. I want the Lord to have the, his way in my life. And I want the Lord to have the way, his way, in the life of everyone who comes to camp. Amen. Amen. I guess a generic prayer that I always pray too is that the Lord would send everybody to camp. Every church that God wants to come to camp would come to camp. Hmm. And that every church that God doesn't want to come to camp wouldn't come to camp. <laughs> they realize we're not for everybody. Um, and, and by the same token, that every child that God would want at camp would be there and wouldn't miss out the, on the blessing that God had planned for them. Um yeah, we'll leave it at that, I Amen. guess. Pray, yeah. the, pray, pray that the Lord would have his way. Absolutely. Now, in brass tacks, for people that are praying, um, anything as far as, because I, I remember an email about a trailer and some different things, anything, any further uh, progression in that? Well, Pastor Seth Garland has come through for us, and Praise he is going to take care of our trailer needs. Amen. Um, which is fabulous. And for those listening, back up and, and tell us what happened. Why, why is there a trailer need? Okay, well, so... Um, we actually run a campground five hours from where our church is, which seems really weird. We didn't start our camp there, but the Lord led us there and it's perfect. But that means we have to still project force five hours away, 
which means we have a, a basically an enclosed car trailer which we have used to haul stuff down there at the start of the of the camp season that we we have a ton of stuff stored down there but we can't store everything and some stuff is needed up at our place so we got to take a whole bunch of stuff down to get set up and uh the the trailer was stolen i don't know a few weeks ago now someone just kind of backed in broke the locks whatever hooked it up took it off and the cops told us that there was a kind of like a spree of them there had been three within the within the town that had been stolen within the last couple of weeks and that he they say said that um they were taking them out of state as far as they could tell repainting them and then selling them in states where you didn't have to register them mm. and so that they basically said we're never going to see the this trailer again and so brother seth has come through for us now what happened this last week is that somehow our trailer got sold through multiple different people to someone who was in New York state. Uh, and then that trailer, he tried to register that trailer. And so it was found out. And so the police called us and we went and actually picked it up. Hmm. Now there's some problems with it and it's not ready for the road and it won't be on the road this summer, okay. but um, you know, we get, we got our trailer back. Well, we'll pray that that is not an issue in future. And uh, I, I should have made mention for those that are interested in the camp for one of the most interesting things and most impressive things, honestly, uh, about the Southeast Battle Baptist Church is a church that can project force, as you mentioned, five hours away. Oftentimes our reach most definitely exceeds our grasp, but for a church for 21, 22 years to run a camp, and I know it hasn't always been where it's at right now, but to run a camp five full hours away, four weeks out of a summer. That's pretty impressive. I know there's some logistical nightmares and headaches that come along with that, but talk to us about the how that works and you just, just for people that are wondering, okay, how, how would you do that? What, 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 what would you tell us? Uh, lists. Lists. You, you, because you, you mean you can't lists. just pop, pop back um, and pick up things like you would at the grocery store. No, exactly. You're just not going to, you got to, we have a list. We, we don't just pack the trailer. We have a packing list for the trailer. Mm. We know what's going to be. We, we have a packing. We have a list of everything that we have stored on camp. We're not going to use it every year, but we need to know exactly what's there. And so we have to be a little bit more detailed. I guess that, you know, when I worked at Xerox, I was an engineer. My background is engineering. So I kind of have a little bit of that stereotypical Dilbert kind of engineering <laughs> attitude inside of me. And so we make lists. We pack the trailer with a list. We still don't hit everything perfect, but then what we do is I, the first week it goes down, the trailer goes down on Saturday. I always stay uh, for the Sunday morning service. Um, and then I leave after Sunday morning service and we plan my car being empty just in case we missed anything. Then whether well, are setting things up down there on that Saturday um, they can let me know and I can, I can bring it down. Excellent. Well, I'm very much looking forward to camp and I'm excited to see what God uh, will do. I'm very thankful for what God has done, not only in my life, but in the lives of a multitude of young people and counselors over these past 20 something years. But I'm looking forward to 2022 and praying Lord willing in faith that it'll be the best year on record in every uh, metric uh, worth, right. worth considering. And so any final words for listeners or for folks that are going to be at camp this coming summer? Pray for camp. I mean, again, 
all the effort in the world, all the experience in the world, all the correct philosophy in the world is a complete waste of time if God doesn't show up. And there's always spiritual battles at camp. Every year we face serious, there's the, there's a couple kids that come to camp, different types of kids. There's a child that comes that is just on, a, on the right path already and camp can help push that uh, that child down the right path. Then there's kids that are in the valley of decision that are haven't, they're not necessarily on the right path, they're not necessarily on the wrong path. And then they can't, we can help them make that decision. And then there are the kids that, and there are our standards and such tend to keep the, the open rebel away, the confrontational rebel away, but the passive rebel still comes. Mm-hmm. And we will have, um, you know, some passive rebels there that are making decisions, big decisions about their lives. Uh, or we, we hope to help them make the big decisions about their lives to get them off the wrong path. And then that ties into whole youth groups where a youth group can be at an inflection point. And I'm not saying that every time your youth group comes to camp, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. But every year we have some church or some kids that are just in the valley of decision. And again, having great food at camp isn't going to solve that problem. Absolutely. We hope to have great food at camp. That alone is not going to solve that problem. This wouldn't be a good podcast if Mrs. Crone didn't make a quick appearance in the back background i'm very thankful my wife's going to be excited to know that she walked through the podcast absolutely we'll make sure to feature her and uh, thank you so much for making a get she, she's just ignoring me well all right <laughs> get used to that well hey they, they, uh, i'll leave that one alone i'm looking forward to seeing all of you in person and i'm thankful no, for really the- i think you should talk more about it What's Say that? something that I can use against you later with my <laughs> wife. That'd be great. No, well, because I, I was going, I was going to make a comment about being uh, married for nine years, so I'm already kind of in, in you know, I, I know what it's like. But I was like, no matter where I go with it, it's not going to be good for me. So we'll just, we'll just leave it alone. <laughs> anyway, thirty-three I'm years. Thir- thirty-three years. Congratulations. Well, sir, thank you very much for taking the time, and thank you for the investment of energy, not only from you but also your church. Uh, you know. Um, Pregnancy is difficult on a mother, okay? I've been married long enough to know that, all right? But it's difficult for a church to do the work to parent a ministry, if you will. And so I'm thankful for a church and a people, and thank you to those uh, members of Southeast Battle Baptist Church for not only your care for our family and your friendship and so many good folks there that we think of so fondly, but also for the fact that you allow your pastor to do what he does, but then also your staff and the investment, because this is not, and Brother Crone, you'd be the first to say, this is not a one-man show. Obviously, God is at the root of all of it, and without him, this thing would go like a lead balloon, but at the same time, a church that gives and works and all of these things is what makes this possible and allows this camp, five hours away or not, a camp is difficult enough and to do it successfully is difficult more still. And so thank you so much to Southeast Battle Baptist and to all the folks that are planning on coming to camp, please, please, please come in prayed up, ready to go. Pastor Crone, any last words for us? Nope, I'm good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you not to just uh, continue to pump your tires, but man, really love having you on, on this is the first year we're going to have you for all four weeks. Yes, sir. Really excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Lord willing, it'll be a great time. Stick around, Brother Crone, for just a moment. Those that are listening right now, 
Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you. Before we sign off, let me encourage you, go to myground.org if you need more information. I was just looking right now. I have a, my brother-in-law, is I told Pastor Crone, coming all the way from Iowa, bringing 10 or 12 kids, mm-hmm. and it'll be their first year from Pastor Cecil Ballard's church. And I just noticed here, I, I sent him a, a screenshot of the or a picture of the registration paperwork. I believe that you can save $5 registering now instead of at camp and i'm sure pastor crone wouldn't be bothered whatsoever to have more firm numbers of registrations uh registrants um now instead of finding out at camp that you're bringing 40 kids and so if you can help us out with that i'm sure the secretaries would be much obliged and be very thankful for you so for those that are listening right now, thank you so much. If you have questions about this ministry, about Bible Tracks Incorporated, about the McCurry family, about Common Ground Baptist Camp, you can't find an answer, I'll give you a phone number that you can text right now, and I will respond to you personally. That phone number is 309-316-7240. I look forward to talking to, you all, to all of you very soon. We'll have some more guests on the Mike and McCurry podcast in the near future. God bless. Have a great day for his glory.